Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of I Want to Talk Movies. My name is Andy. And I'm Andrew. How's it going, Andy? Good. Uh, it's good to be back. We took another. It's been a, it's been a while. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm always excited to to do these things and uh, go from there because I've gotten to watch a couple little things which I'm excited to talk about. Um, so yeah, let me see what we have in store. We're gonna do a little check-in slash little discussion about a movie coming out next year anything that we've been kind of um watching in between them now we're going to talk about the what if series and then we're going to review the uh the free guy movie for our review today um but yeah how you been doing what's been going on in your world i've been doing well it's getting cool down here finally it's always so hot in the summer, and now it's finally getting, like, almost cool enough to wear a jacket, which is quite nice. I like that. I do like wearing layers. It, it's, like, right now in, like, the Santa Cruz area, it's about low 80s, so it's pretty warm for for this area, but uh, but it's nice. I mean, I do like the cold weather or the cooler weather myself, so, but I think, yeah, yeah so, but, but yeah, um. Yeah, I mean, nothing much exciting has been really happening in this, uh, uh, in real life. It's been kind of, I've been going back <laughs> to work in person, so that's been kind of, uh, kind of taking a lot of my time, because now I have to, like, commute, and it takes forever to, to commute here and back, because the traffic's terrible. Um, but, yeah, honestly, like, it kind of like a... Well, at least for watching stuff, like, we have a good, you know, you messaged me about it. We have a really good list coming up for what we want to cover for the next, at least for, like, the next month and first half of November, which I'm super excited about. Um, and we can talk yeah, about I that later. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was going to ask? Oh, yeah, I was gonna, oh, we were talking about it a little bit. I'm going to sign up for my my third vaccine shot just to kind of still stay protected. Um, Very nice. Boosters are coming. Yeah, very yeah. uh very uh, i think it's very impressive i told you before the before we started like this vaccine is insane it's absolutely nuts how good these vaccines are it's pretty wild like it's like i work in biotech and it's just crazy to see like how i don't know partially lucky but also just like the time it is it's crazy because like vaccines usually don't work this well and yet some people refuse to take them but we don't need to talk about that oh that's yeah it's very interesting. I also want to point out, so Spain has like one of the highest compliance rates out of all of pretty much, I guess, like the world that has access to the vaccines. We have, I think, 75, maybe almost 80% now with, with full vaccination in the population, which I think is maybe second to like two other countries, one of them being Portugal, which is, it's not Spain, but I think a lot of people would be like, oh, that's mostly Spain because it's all on the Iberian Peninsula. But, I mean, culturally very similar. So I think there's similar similar drivers there going that kind of convince people to, to get vaccinated, which I think, I think it's a guess, but I think it's also the way people perceive family in Mediterranean cultures is very different than the way that Americans may perceive family. So I think there's kind of more of a, we have to protect everyone mentality than you may see in America, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. We do have more of, like, 
it's it's my right kind of deal, but I mean that must be okay. So you being out there with like a almost eighty percent vaccination, what is this the mask the mask mandate kind of thing going out there? It's interesting. So in stores you always still wear them. Outside, no. Some people wear them outside. I'll put mine on if it's really crowded. I tend to not go to really crowded places though, because crowded places in Barcelona just generally suck. Um, <laughs> just because there's so many people around, you know. Um, you know, I think in like offices, it's it looks like it's starting to get a little a little more iffy. Like people have them on, but they don't have them on. So it's like this kind of like people don't know what the rules should be, almost kind of thing. I would say, though, like if you're in a department store, you're absolutely wearing it. Like if you're in a grocery store, you're absolutely wearing it. If you're outside, probably not. And then the workspace environment is starting to become more fuzzy, I think, especially as there's like larger proportions of people getting vaccinated and there's more people in the offices. I think people are at least coming to the conclusion like, hey, if I'm seeing these people every day and like hopefully 75, 80 percent of them are vaccinated, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people just assume that, you know, the mask is not buying you so much in that scenario, which maybe is true, I, especially if you're not wearing the mask properly. If you're not wearing the mask properly, it probably doesn't buy you very much. But um, that, that's mostly what it looks like. Okay. This, is, this, is, this will be the last thing I'll say about you just, you just something that kind of just triggered a thought, right? I sometimes see people wearing masks, right, that will cover their mouths, right? But they will not cover their nose. Which people still do this. I don't understand because, like, isn't it going through your nose like the number one way to get COVID if you were to like be exposed to it? Yeah, it's the way to get it. That's for sure. I was like technically covering your mouth, maybe like preventing some spread of it if you're sick. But right, but for getting like, it, you're not wearing it right, so you're probably not really acquiring any benefit from the mask because it's not being worn properly. So I don't know. People just want to have, I mean, like I find myself sometimes in that scenario too, where you have it because you feel like you should have it just in case, but you don't, you don't actually use it. Right. So. Uh, uh, And again, I, I, I feel like I can get to like a point where I don't even want to like, it's weird. Right. Cause again, like I, I, again, I just want to, I'll just speak for myself. I just know that like, I tend to always need to have a mask on myself because I need to, I like want to. I get paranoid, and I want to protect myself. But like, so that's just kind of like where where I'm at. So like, even if I'm at work, yeah, wherever, I'm still gonna wear a mask. Um, I have been a little bit more venturous. Like I have gone to a restaurant, um, where it's not as crowded. So I have done that. And I and like the other week, like you when we last time we talked, we talked about uh Shang Chi and. I saw that in a theater, which was like, I think about maybe a little bit over 50% filled, right? So, but yeah, so uh, still here, being a little adventurous here and there. Um, I, mean, I think there's, there's definitely a, a shift to it being treated more endemically. So I guess we'll see what that looks like going forward, but. Right. Um, but more importantly, what I want to get to is uh, one of the big announcements from uh, Nintendo. Yeah, they had their, yeah, they had their their um, what is it called? Their their showcase the for Nintendo Nintendo Direct. They Nintendo do these Direct. every couple of months. Yeah. yeah, I actually stay up. 
I stayed up and watched this one. And, you know, I must say this one was actually pretty good outside of this announcement, you know, because I, I thought about whether or not I should watch it live because it was it was on at midnight. Luckily, here it was a Thursday night. And I didn't have to work Friday. So I was like, well, I don't know. It's a Friday. It's a holiday. So it's not a big deal. I can watch it. But then I was just like, you know, I'm always disappointed because the last two or three of them was so damn disappointing. Like <laughs> Nintendo's strategy, like I get it. Nintendo's a great company, but like their COVID strategy has just been like, don't tell anyone anything, you know? Like I, they've never actually admitted, you know, how COVID has kind of had an effect on on the on the games that they're making. Like the, you know, what what scale of delays have occurred because of it which is fine. I think we don't need to live in a world where like they have to feel obligated to tell the public everything. Things will happen when they happen. But Nintendo's just super tight-lipped on it. So like the last three directs, I think, I'd watch them and I'm like, oh man, that's so lame. Like, I don't know why I stayed up to watch this thing. But this one was good. There's there's a handful of games that were announced that I thought were cool. And then on top of that, there was a brand new type of announcement where they announced the voice actors for the upcoming Mario animated movie which is going to yeah. be made by the studio that made the Minions movie. So let me read from the bottom up of some of the actors that are going to be in this, right? So they have announced uh, Fred Amerson as Cranky Kong. They have Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. They have Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. This is one of my personal favorites right here. Jack Black as Bowser. Uh, Charlie Day as Luigi, and then we have Anya Taylor Joy as Peach, and now for Mario we have Chris Pratt. What are your thoughts? Very, this is aggressive casting. Like this is like really ridiculous casting. Like <laughs> I wouldn't have imagined any of this. I think it's. <laughs> I really like the Funky Kong one. I think Funky Kong and Donkey Kong were perfectly cast. I can't tell if the Luigi casting is like a dig at Luigi or not. I love Charlie Day. I don't want to be insulting to Charlie Day, but also like, you know, Charlie Day in comparison to Chris Pratt is just like, what's going on here? What's the, are you trying to say something about Luigi that I, I, I don't know what they're trying to say. So. So for those who don't know, Andrew's favorite character in the Mario world is, is Luigi. So. Green machine, dude. <laughs> He's the so, best. He's always I, been. He's been my Smash main for a long time. He's taller. He's thinner. I just I love just how defensive he's... and how proud you are. And, I, and don't get me wrong. I love Luigi. He's, he's awesome. I just had. I just had this weird. Cause I mean, growing up, I had this. You know, like like with Smash Brothers and everything. My brother would also play Luigi. Yeah, and your I, brother's I a, he's a he's Luigi, a Luigi fan. Yeah, he's a Luigi guy. But he'd always kick my ass at like either Mario Kart or anything else with Luigi. So I always had this like. Like f you Luigi, because you know, like I've always gotten beaten by by Luigi. But still, I like I respect the character, and he has some fun games like Luigi's Mansion and all that kind of deal. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited for Charlie Day as Luigi. I think he'll do will do Luigi justice. Um, so I'll see the kind of energy that he brings, uh, for him. Uh, I don't, I'm I'm just excited to 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 have that, and then yeah, I think. I think it's, it's crazy that they got Chris Pratt. This is a pretty ridiculous casting. Like, how much money do they have to pay to get him to do this? Okay, what are your what what are your feelings in general about Chris Pratt as Mario, though? I mean, I assume he'll do a good job. He does a good job in pretty much everything else I've ever seen him in. 
I really want to hear the voice. Like, I want to know what the accent's going to be. Like, I just have no idea what they're going to do. Because, I mean, like, you know, Mario, I mean, like, we've heard Mario's voice. He says sentences and stuff, and it's just stereotypically, like, Italian-American accent, right? Um, so, like, I just, I can't even imagine what it's going to sound like. So I really want to hear it. And I just, until I hear it, like, I have no idea what it's going to be. And I just assume it'll be good. I just like kind of have lost the. I don't want to because again I don't want to hate on Chris Pratt because I I because I, I do love him like he he's Star Lord and I have a like a huge huge place in my heart for the Guardians of the Galaxy movies because it's one of those some of my personal favorite MCU movies. Uh, I did love him as so here's the thing like he when he played Emmett in the Lego movie, awesome, loved his character. Um, so. The guy has some he has some skills for voice acting. So I like like you, I'm just I'm curious where what he's gonna bring to the table. And like and like you said, I feel like over half the budget for this film was just casting. Like they're like, let's just keep throwing money at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get Yeah, let's get this is not a cheap group of people. No, 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 no. And so we have an amazing cast line. So I'm just like, holy shit, okay, because like the last video game movie that we had literally before the pandemic was the sonic movie which was fun um i i personally had a yeah it was time. actually relatively good i think yeah uh so that that was pretty fun and like i, I know we talked and about I it like last Detective time pikachu honestly that was a good movie too it Pikachu was pretty cool i i liked how it connected uh with like our actual pokemon world from the movie um but i want I, i'm still hoping that like we get a smash movie right and we're the only one no i want the the sonic and mario crossover movie now like we just have we just have a uh what does it call it end credit post scene and we just have sonic show up a post credit scene i mean they showed sonic going to to a mushroom area anyway right i think that was the kind of a joke oh no wait no dr eggman that's yeah dr eggman he land he stayed in the yeah. yeah, he said he landed in a mushroom area, which is like, is that a hint? Is that a hint? Is that a? But no, it'd be it'd be ridiculous and super hard to throw to 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 throw a to throw a Smash movie. But hey, one can dream, right? So absolutely. yeah, I just I just feel like so we needed to talk so, about it. No, yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. I'm super interested. I can't wait for a trailer for this. I mean, like. If anything, it tells you they're taking it real seriously. If they're willing to pay this amount of money for those actors, like they're taking this seriously. And they're probably trying to position the movie to do, you know, really well. Like in in the, you know, like like picks. I mean, like, who knows if, if any of these movies can do Pixar well, right? Because Pixar is such a good established brand. They make, you know, really high quality movies and you know, thought-provoking stories and stuff. But I mean, like, it looks like that's what you're aiming for, right? When you get when you get a cast like this. We'll see. I'm again. I think I'm most excited for Jack Black as as Bowser. I feel like that was probably like the perfect casting for Bowser. Uh, I think they should throw in Luigi. Oh no, sorry, Wario and Waluigi too. I told okay. you, Danny uh, DeVito as Wario would be hilarious. That's what. Okay, can I ask you who would be your pick for 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 Wario? And everybody like on the internet has agreed that freaking Danny DeVito. As Wario would be a perfect match, and I and I 100% with you. Like I would love to see that. Who would you cast for Waluigi? I think you just do Danny DeVito again. 
God damn it. Oh, I, I'm, I, now I'm only convinced you should just do It's Always Sunny characters and pull in the whole cast somehow. What's what's so, uh, Mac? What's Mac? Yeah, like, uh, have Mac be Wa- uh, Waluigi. I feel like that would be perfect. Or um, the other, yeah, one of the, yeah, like like you said, one of the other yeah, spots always, always uh, Sunny um, would be perfect. Jeez. Um, I really hope they do. I don't know if they're going to be in this, but they should. Because I feel like they're pretty crucial characters. Right? I would think Wario is. But I told you, like, they're not going to be Waluigi. They're just going to... Anything they can do to take a dig at Luigi, they'll do it. So they'll put Wario in it, not Waluigi. Like, they still have one more Smash character to announce, and it's not going to be Waluigi, which is bullshit. And this is the lot. This is the final one, right? Tomorrow, actually, I think. Tomorrow. Oh, shit. Who do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be Goku or the Master Chief. I'm swinging for the fences on this one. Uh, Goku with the Master Chief with that? I mean, those are good picks. So. Okay, well, I'll, I'll zoom out a little bit, and I'll say it's either going to be someone from an anime, like a non-video game character, or it's going to be someone from a first-person shooter. God, I mean, That's what I'm going with. If it's the last, this is the last one, right, for this one? It's the last one. Yeah, I mean, and presumably this could be the last Smash game ever made. You'll never be able to top this, ever. Right. So that being said, like, I I wonder, like, it, it has to be someone big if it's going to be the final one for, for the Smash That's Brothers. the thing. It's got to be someone big. So, like, if they did Waluigi, everyone's going to be pissed. So that's why the last one should have been Waluigi. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, we'll see. I'm sure I'll bitch at you about it next time. Although, if it's Goku, that's going to be pretty freaking awesome to play as Goku. I would get. I would prefer Goku over over um the Master Chief. Master Chief, yeah, yeah. And I feel like I feel like the game setup has a more like or like the battle system they ha- has it's more set up to have someone like Goku than uh than they would Master Chief. Or you know what you could do actually? You could pull in um you remember Power Stone. Yeah, like the game, like the in, Dreamcast? In, uh, yeah, just pull in Wang Tang from Power Stone, and you simultaneously pull in Goku and another video game franchise at the same time, because Wang Tang is Jeez. pretty much... Also, that's the most ridiculous name on the planet. I can't believe his name was Wang Tang. Hey, um, you never know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, going back to the Mario thing, I'll, just, I'll be super excited though, to see what how this movie's going to turn out. And of course... We're gonna review this, um, and it's set up to come out next December, so yeah. December 2022. So we're still alive and kicking, and still podcasting. We we'll, we shall we shall cover this because I'll be excited. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let's just get into anything that we've been kind of um, watching recently. Uh, have you been checking out any cool shows lately? Dude, I, you know when you find a new show and you, like, love it and totally, like, binge as much of it as you can? Ooh. Okay. Okay, I got a new one. I texted you about this one. So I've been watching uh, Heels. Um, Heels. This is an interesting one. So this is a Stars TV show. I got it through, I guess, Amazon. It can let you buy, like, a Stars account for a month. Um, and Heels is effectively, it's a TV show about wrestling. Um, small town people who own a wrestling company that's like you know it's a local wrestling promotion company but the cool thing is is it stars Stephen Amell I was a huge Arrow fan so I find Stephen Amell like very very charming I think 
you know, Arrow was definitely the highlight of those CW shows. And honestly, without him, they're kind of going downhill, I think, quite a bit. Although I still really like the Superman and Lois one. But his was definitely the highlight. I mean, like, you know, there are a couple rough patches in there, but he did a really good job through and through on that show. And now you get to see him in kind of like a more, you know, it's an R-rated, I guess, environment. And th this is it's such a it's such a good show because really, I mean, like, so you have wrestling in it, right? There's wrestling matches and stuff. But really what the show is about is this like cast of characters who are all dealing with all these fucked up family problems, which is really what makes the show compelling because there's all sorts of interpersonal relationship problems that people are constantly dealing with. It's in like this really small town where it's like one of those things from kind of like, um, what was that HBO show, the detective show recently? What was the name of that one? The True Detectives? They, or the, no, 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 the uh, more recent one. Mayor um, Yeah. It's kind of like that. This small town where people kind of get stuck there, you know? And you can tell there's a lot of drugs and alcohol problems. And, right, you know, right, Because right. of that, there's all these, like, you know, interpersonal issues that they show. And, like, so that's pretty much what it is, right? Like, um, you have all these, like, Stephen Amell's family was running this, this wrestling promotion company. The dad had, you know, you find it's not really a huge spoiler because you find out very early, but some, you know the dad had committed suicide and they're kind of dealing with that. Um, and he's taken over the wrestling promotion show and there's all these backlashes for that. The brother's in it and he has like these big egotistical problems, but they always are able to humanize people no matter how much of a dick they are and kind of reveal like what's driving this person to be such an asshole. And for like a moment, you'll really feel bad for them. And you're like, oh wow, this is like, it's really good. And also just as a person who loves wrestling, right? Like I remember watching wrestling all the time when I was a kid and stuff. So like, and I was going to like amateur wrestling when I was living in Santa Cruz. I've gone to amateur wrestling while I've lived in Barcelona. So it's just a thing that I like. So like, this is a show totally for me. It's great. Heels, right? I need it. So I don't have stars, but like when you mentioned it was him and mentioning it was like around wrestling, like I was sold. I just got to see... If there's like a way that I can watch it, um, that somehow I, I well I gotta look it up because now you have interest me in in this. The season definitely... finale is is next week, so I mean like you maybe you get a free trial or something and watch the whole thing. It's only eight episodes, the whole first season. I hope it gets renewed for a second season because it's real good. At least for me, I love it. Um, so you could probably blast through it. Got it. So I, you know it's on my list and. That's the that's the thing, kind of like um. There's just the, the list keeps going on and on, and uh, first things I need to like my backlog of things I need to watch. So I might just have to like just kind of sit down and watch and binge more stuff uh, at some point. I just been kind of um was work and and wanting to kind of yes. do mindless stuff like play video games. I'm like, all right, and then call it a day. So. It's always a challenge. There's not enough time to watch all of the, the television that exists. But yeah. at least it's always nice to find one that you really, really like. And this is one of the ones where I was, like, pulled in immediately. Nice. So, same thing for me. I've only watched half of this so far. But it's, like, the right now, like, the current sensation on Netflix. But I started watching Squid Game. And oh, so you're watching this show? Like, I've just heard about this this. The show. Tell yeah. me, tell me, give me the pitch. Give me the pitch of what this is about. So this is about how do I explain? Okay, I'm trying. So I don't want to. So these are about scummy people who get themselves into debts, right? And 
people just kind of the low life people who keep getting into their debts or like criminals, right? That they that the certain organization finds them and saying, hey, if you play this game, then you can uh, you can we can pay off your debt and you can win prize money. Like if you come join us, so like they get they get taken to this place, and the, what they do is that they have to compete in kid games, but once they're eliminated, and by eliminated I mean get killed, uh, you know it, it kind of works. It's like a battle royale, Hunger Game ish kind of uh, kind of thing, but it's a Korean show. Uh, it's pretty awesome, like the writing and like the, the the acting and everything. It's just kind of, I feel like we need to have. I feel like it's kind of refreshing because we are really getting a lot of. Um, and this is just a this is just a sh- uh, what's it called? This is just a show, right? But like one of the show, one of the movies that won Best Picture was Parasite, and that is an amazing movie if you have not seen it. Uh, so I haven't seen Parasite. So I, Andrew, I'm about to kick you off this thing. No, just kidding. Um, I know, I say it's 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 fantastic, and I feel like it's kind of refreshing because a lot of our films these days, at least for the United States and all that, we have we're basing everything on franchises, right? If it's not a franchise, we don't have many standalone films coming out. So it's it's interesting. So this is uh like it kind of just feels cool from a different perspective, and. I, 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 I don't know. It, it just pulls you in the more you the more you watch it, because of course there's like your set of characters and they all have backstories, different re- reasons why they're in debt. Some of them is not. Some of them are criminals. Some of them are not. So it all depends, you know. So you kind of get to see a little bit of a backstory of all of them and and their motives and all that. So I kind of really and and like the way they just kind of set it up is really cool. So I like probably after we get off of this recording, I'm probably going to continue continue that today because. Like you said, it's one of the, I mean, I haven't gotten, like, the last show that I, like, sat down, and I'm like, all right, you know what, I'm going to sit, sit down and watch the next episode and binge, was a new Cherry Bomb flavor, and that was the last one. That was, like, a while ago, so this one's pretty intriguing, so I would highly recommend uh, this one. Okay, nice. Only other thing I'm going to say, too, before we talk about What If, because we've both, both been watching that. Is I've initiated rewatching Seinfeld from the very beginning, and it's still hilarious. Oh, that's right. They just put it on Netflix too. Oh, just wanted awesome. to let everyone know that it's still funny. It's which they people should know. If you have not seen a single episode of Seinfeld, shame on you. There, I said it. Yeah, it shows shows still so funny. But so. you know what that reminds me now? I they they just and I again when something's like about ten seasons long, it makes me kind of avoid it because of how much there is to watch but i'm i feel like i need to continue watching i feel like i want to start watching career enthusiasm because the producer for oh, man, seinfeld I love, is, is, is i love career yeah. enthusiasm so much too obviously if i love seinfeld i love curb so that shows yeah. great and also one of the best things about curb is that they did a seinfeld reunion inside one of the seasons which was hilarious the way they approached doing a seinfeld uh That's, reunion that, that way it's super funny and that's what I mean. Like, it's so smart. Like, the way that they do it. Because, again, like, I feel like it's one of the first, like, smart comedies of its time. That is, again, like, because you keep saying, like, this came out over about, I want to say, 1992, 94, or whatever. 89. Between that time. When it started. Yeah. 
So, and and even like even if you're like imagine how good of a show it has to be if you're still this day saying like the comedy there is still amazing. The comedy is still so smart. Timeless. I mean, like there's some weird references that people maybe wouldn't understand anymore because maybe they're too young to realize what they're talking about. There's some technological things, obviously, right? They use phones and they don't have smartphones and shit. But the things right. that they're always making fun of are like timeless things. Like I just watched the episode where they get lost in the uh, parking garage and they can't find their car. And it's like, dude, that's happened. That could still happen to someone. You go to these huge parking garages, like, fuck, where the hell is my car? God damn it, no one wrote this down. <laughs> and they just exaggerate the hell out of it to the point where, like, you know, it's just ridiculous. It, it's just so much fun. I I got to enjoy a lot of Seinfeld with my housemates. Because, um, like, we, for the longest time, it's like a, it's like a cool little thing. We like have a little community here, and so we do like dinner together. And so we'd always like put something in the background. And for the longest time, we'd put we'd put a lot of Seinfeld in the background, and it's just kind of it was just always awesome to see and how great the that show is. So I I'm I'm on board as a at a Seinfeld fan as well. So I might have to like put that put that on too at some point. Um, but no, awesome. So I'll do one last one before we get into the what if. Uh, I just got to finish watching the finale, series finale and season finale or whatever, the whole finale of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, shit, don't and, spoil this shit. All no. Actually, you know I have well, one question. Okay. Was it? Uh, actually, you know what? You go, you go and tell me about it first, and then I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. But don't spoil it too severely. I can't handle that. No, I can't. I'm not gonna. No, I, I, I know you're a fan, so I'm, I'm here to just tell you to, to fucking watch it because it's amazing. The whole entire, the whole entire, uh, this whole last season is just so heartfelt, so awesome, so funny. Uh, I feel like Terry Crews still has like has some of the best moments in the season. Um, I don't know what it is about that man, but that man does not can do no wrong. I just. I love Terry yeah, Crews. The whole cast is it's a true ensemble cast, right? Like everyone 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 is good. Yeah, everyone yeah. is spot on. Everyone's funny. Everyone has you know good interactions with everyone else. Like it's just it's a true ensemble. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to bring it up because I know that you're also a fan and that you need to finish it because it's just it's an it's an amazing season. So I'll be excited okay. to hear what your thoughts are on it. So what's your question? question. Is the season finale as good as the Parks and Recreation season series finale, which is a very high bar, but it's the same writers, so I'm curious. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know because, like, Park again, they were they were both super emotional, but here's how I'll put it: Parks and Rec did it in the best way that Parks and Rec could have done it. And I feel like the same thing goes for Broken Nine Nine. I think Broken Nine Nine did the finale in the best way it could have for its finale. Um, so I'll be curious. I mean, it, it, they were both heartfelt, and it just kind of—I don't know—it was bittersweet. So, so, you know, so I'll song. be, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll let you give me your your insight to what you what your thoughts and feelings are about that. But okay. highly, okay. highly, highly recommend it. It's just it's just a really good like like a good and again I don't want to maybe we, we can talk about it a little bit more of the of like stuff in it because I definitely don't want to have a conversation I want to have a conversation about some of the what some of the themes in it uh, so definitely 
remind me to or bring it up again when you when you finish it. Um, okay. Whenever that is. Okay. Uh, all right. It's cool. a little harder to watch in Europe, but I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be excited for you when you get to it. Okay, so next for our uh, first, I guess, I don't, I, I don't want to call it. Well, I guess are we reviewing it kind of? Because okay, so no, no, no. I want to talk about the what if. You, yeah, 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 you haven't done. watched the most important one so far, Andy. You really screwed the food <laughs> Okay, so let me let me explain. Let me let me explain. I it's funny because I started watching the what ifs before you did, right? And yeah. The first two episodes were were or okay, so let me tell you which ones have stood out. So um what's it called? The Captain America one, right? Was Yeah. I keep I'm blanking her name. I feel so terrible. I when I'm on the spot and you can't think of what you're gonna say. Um oh, no, just yeah. keep going. I'll, I'll pick up okay. the name. Yeah, yeah, Peggy Carter. Carter as Peggy as Carter. Captain America. I thought you were thinking of the cute, actress, awesome. Uh, Peggy yeah, Carter, yeah, yeah, awesome. I loved. It was cute, cool. She was a badass mm-hmm. in it. And then there was a the what if T'Challa was Star Lord, which that is so far one of my favorite ones. And yes, I'll admit that really? just because I'm biased. Like yeah, my least favorite one so far, actually. How how dare you? All right, T'Challa talked down Thanos from. <laughs> It was funny. It was a little too goofy, I think. I think they leaned into that one just a little bit too hard. I adored the the goofiness in that one. And again, like that's why I'm saying like I'm, I'm biased towards that one, but I definitely was a fan of how T'Challa was everything that Peter Quill was not, you know, when it came to being Star-Lord. Um and it just and and it does speak to his character about, you know, the kind of person he was and how that and how that still was embodied, you know. Um, so I definitely ha- I had a lot of fun with it. The other one that I thought was really really good, which is I think my other favorite one, was Doctor Strange. Uh, that one that was one really was, good. Yeah, that one was that one the was most really good. Emotional one. And it was also the first sad one, I think. I don't know the other one. If the Avengers Lost was kind of the first sad one. Yeah. But I think this is the first one that ends on a sad note. Where you're like, oh wow, like it's just the whole thing sad. Um, well, like, I, but I feel like every single one has been ending super sad, kind of like we've had. What I if all the mighty heroes fallen? Yeah, but that what? one ends on a happy note. I mean, like that one does end on a happy note. They like kind of fix the problem and they're prepared now, right? They're prepared, but like they they they, they come on, they they kill off Iron Man, Captain America. By the way, well, they I, kill I everyone. Yeah, but they still yeah. overcome a bunch of obstacles. I mean. The Doctor Strange one, I think, ends on a really sad note. The universe, effectively, like that universe gets destroyed. The Marvel Zombie ones was like, holy fuck, right? The end of the Marvel Zombie wow. ones. Yeah. You know, you see Zombie Thanos come in with a with an Infinity Gauntlet, and then it ends, and you're like, oh shit! Like right after they had, you know, insinuated there was some hope left, maybe. Right. So and I and so the the Zombie one kind of didn't make sense to me, and that's because I'm being a stickler about what what. A zombie is because apparently they still had some insight to how to use their powers, even though they had rotting bodies. No, but this so. is the zombie thing now. I mean, like, I mean, like everyone does this with zombies, which I like it. I mean, like, I mean, look what right Zack Snyder's zombies. He doesn't. He's always done running zombies, which also like weird. I mean, like zombies are zombies, right? They they don't make sense no matter what you do with them. 
I, I get, but here's a, here's a good thing. Here's what I will say about what you just said about the Zack Snyder. At least in that movie, and again because it's a movie, he established what kind of zombies are infected that 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 we're dealing with, right? So, um, and in this one, it's because again it's only like half an hour. Like there's no time to to explain, uh, like what kind of zombies or whatever. But again, I'm being a stickler. I was again a little sad that like to see all our heroes kind of like you know. Again, some a lot some of them die, you know, in that in that particular one. Uh and what was the one after that? Then uh what if Killmonger um you know yeah. took over that, that one was one, really good. I like that one a lot. That one was good, but it gave again, it made me feel I don't know, it, how do I explain it? It gave me it made me feel sad and it gave me a bad taste in my mouth, um, because they keep one, they keep killing Iron Man. Too like I, I guess that's what what if is like what if has to deal with like what if like our heroes didn't win or didn't well, go in a certain direction. So the original premise of the comic series was to show that the things that happened in the Marvel universe or in the main continuity were the right things, I guess, and that if they were different, it would end tragically. So I think the premise was like, oh, I wish I could go back and like not let Uncle Ben die. But like the what if, if you know if they did that, it would there'd be a tragic ending. So I think the premise was always like you know the world unfolded in the way it did, and this like kind of like I wish kind of notion doesn't really get you you know I think it was a commentary on it doesn't get you very far because it could have been worse, right? People often right. Wish, you know what if you don't know like it could have been worse if that person you knew didn't you know didn't die or whatever like so i think that was always the premise was that there always had tragic endings um and i think maybe only half of these have tragic endings but they're maybe more maybe 60 percent. but you have to go watch the last one the ultron one because this really reveals again the intelligence level of kevin feige where he's just aware that you know everything everything matters and this oh. kind of pulls some things together. Okay. Okay. That 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 makes sense. And and I guess because I, I, I was almost gonna drop off of it and wait until like the rest of the episodes were placed, right? So I'm hoping well, there's only that there's two left that you have. Yeah. I mean, episode nine is the last one, which is Wednesday. Okay, so I will definitely I'll definitely watch it Wednesday. I just kinda like was feeling left feeling sad at the end of most of the episodes, and I'm like, I'm tired of feeling sad. <laughs> um, uh, but again, like the the animation and all that is, is incredible. So it is definitely worth a watch. Uh, I was just gonna wait off on it and watch other stuff in between now, but I guess I can just I'll just swing back into it. And I'm like halfway through the the sore episode, and so then I have the one that you told me to watch, and so I'll probably just and knock that out. Um, Again, after the recordings, <laughs> um, so I'll go. I'll go, go back onto my list about that. Okay. Well, but I'm, no, I'm I, assuming the the last episode is going to be. I think there's going to be like a semi reveal in the last episode. To be honest, so we'll talk about that one next time. Okay, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So that's what if, and uh, one more episode on Disney Plus. So by the next time that we re record this, well, it'll be uh, done. So we can definitely. I'll definitely want to touch base with you on this and uh, and go from go from there. So, so yeah, 
Uh, how about let's get into get into a free guy. Um, so this just came out in August and it finally came out on video on demand. This was directed by Sean Levy, and we have Ryan Reynolds as Guy, Jodie Connor as Millie slash Molotov Girl, uh, Lil Ray uh, Huey, or I pronounced his name that wrong, which I apologize, but Buddy, and then Tech Waititi is in this too, Antoine, which is awesome. So I only hear Cord when I hear speaks down. That's all I, I can love, see is cord. <laughs> I love that, which I I love cord. Um, so yeah, I I will. Uh, what's it called? But no, I'm a huge. I I don't know. What were your thoughts on this movie? You know, I I actually liked it more than I was expecting to like it. I didn't know much about it besides the fact that like it was Ryan Reynolds was stuck in a video game. I mean, I like Ryan Reynolds, but I, I think I saw maybe half a trailer for it, and then you said you wanted to maybe do it, and I was like, oh, well, it's in theaters here still, so I'll go check it out. Um, so I did check it out. I, you know, I didn't really even realize Taika Waititi was in it, which was was my surprise. Um, and then the, you know, it ended up being a lot more than I anticipated it to be. We'll talk more in detail about it, but I guess for now, I was surprised by the kind of like reverse matrix kind of plot line that they threw in there. I mean, maybe it was revealed in the trailer and I just had no idea, but I think going in without knowing was cool. Very cool. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with this. I, you know, as for Ryan Reynolds, he just, Ryan Reynolds Reynolds it up, you know, and he definitely carried the movie, but like, there was just, again, there was just so much behind this movie. Like, you have voice people, like, voice um, big actors who voice small characters. You have Hugh Jackman, who voiced a person. You have Dwayne Johnson, who voiced one of the bank robbers. You have Tina Fey yeah. as the mom vacuuming. Yeah. I didn't know any um, of this. Yeah, and it's just a lot went behind this. And then you have actual... Um, and then it's cool because like the, the the some of the streamers that they showed there like the are the you know YouTubers that they showed were actually are yeah, big time YouTuber you know YouTubers. I thought they might do the ones. There's a Spanish YouTuber who I think is really famous for uh, I think gaming and stuff like that. He wasn't he wasn't shown though. I thought they might. But uh, no, I thought they they should have. It would been kind of cool. Um, I but no, I had a lot of fun. I let's go. So let me see what the what the premise is. Well, the premise is about it's a video game world based off of like the video game world that's kind of like Grand Theft Auto, right? Well, and Grand Theft Auto down, plus um, what is that? What is that new one? Um, Fortnite, I guess. It looks like a little Fortnite inspired too to me. It looks like a little Fortnite. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, what is it? Yeah, so kids, Ryan Reynolds' character starts to kind of realize that he, that, you know, that everything's kind of has its own, that everything's kind of scripted, right? And, yeah, and like, he knows that, like, is repeating the day, like, Groundhog Day-ish, so. Yeah, he's an, he's an AI, effectively, right? He's a computer in this game, and he doesn't realize it until eventually yes. he does realize it. Um. 
But yeah, and we kind of have the two main characters. I, uh, what is it? Uh, Joe Keery as Keys and the Millie or Molotov girl. Those two apparently they, those two developed a like they had, they developed their own game, and in there they were they were able to program. I guess the big reveal is that that there was a, like that their game was stolen by Taika Waititi's character, and they're trying to find proof in the game. And the big reveal was that uh, they were able to construct an AI that can eventually think for itself. Um, yeah, which is Ron Reynolds' so. you know, character. He's he's a self-aware now AI that realizes he lives in a video game. Um, yeah. One one funny comment. I feel like this guy must have been still filming uh, Stranger Things when he was doing this movie because his hair looks like it's still from the 80s. I was looking at it, I was like, this guy just always has the same hair. It's so weird. But then I thought about it. And I actually am wondering if he, for some reason, was still filming Stranger Things. And it's like, I'm sorry, I can't cut my hair. I know, honestly because of like, I don't, know, I don't know if there's like weird problems with, with COVID shooting and stuff like that. But it just seems, I just thought it was kind of funny. I was like, man, this guy's really just going all in with his hair like this whole time. No, I I think that he one I think he likes to rock the long hair because the guy has a good head of hair. Like don't get me wrong, he has a good head of hair, and so he's rocking it. But I think they they were probably filming Stranger Things at a certain time too. So that's I think, and I feel like this is going to be the last season for Stranger Things. But I hope this guy keeps getting jobs because I do like him. I think he can act and be can play charismatic characters and all that. So I do like his character. Um, but he's yeah. again. Guy has a good head, good head, like good head of hair. So, yeah, um, yeah. So, other thing that I didn't, you know, I thought it was interesting for me when I was watching the movie is that like I just didn't realize that the premise of the movie was going to be this, you know, this artificial intelligence, you know, kind of acquiring, you know, real intelligence and self awareness. So I thought that was like an interesting idea, and they kind of talk around it. You know, they don't talk in super detail what that really means like they could have if they wanted to but i think they wanted to keep the movie relatively light right you know but there are a couple moments where like ryan Reynolds' character is like oh my god like my life doesn't matter at all and he has this existential crisis but then he talks to his best friend and they also have like this kind of weird conversation where he's like well like i'm experiencing something with you right now so it has to be real because i'm experiencing it yep so I thought that so, was interesting. I just like conceptually, I think it's interesting. You know, then so I was funny, I was thinking about that a lot during the movie. And then the fact that you know the main lead female character kind of like you know falls for the character without knowing it's a computer is kind of funny too and interesting. Like the idea behind that. I mean, if you wanted something more serious, it'd be kind of like, you know, it's like Deus Ex Machina, right? The um Alex Garland movie. I mean, that's a more serious take on this, I guess, right? Where the AI is able to trick everyone and stuff and get away. And like, you know, these questions about what is intelligence and, you know, who deserves free will or whatever, stuff like that. Yep. But, and perceiving like, and like, I like it. Like, I like what you're saying. Like the idea of like, you know, to what extent do these experiences or feelings are become real or be taken real just like the same thing with like irobots right we did there was a whole concept of like developing these robots that had ai that they were you know and pretty much become slaves to work for people but the intelligence and all that became so high to where like they were given the ability to like i guess feel pain and like um kind of and again just to feel and so 
where's the line when it comes to like you know again it's gonna it comes down to like a very I'm trying to figure out what what my my, finding my words it's really hard right now how I'm trying to like articulate this but it's uh I guess where's the line when you when you develop something and create something like you know it's like the whole thing where like you have a pen and you name it right now you're given that pencil or pen some kind of value and if something happens to that you are now somehow more emotionally attached to that to that pen after like naming it you know um so it's very weird uh that that concept but like yeah yeah Yeah. it's an interesting premise i've also been reading this book that grant morrison wrote the comic writer called super gods he's a very weird writer he's very existential he you know, the way he perceives comics is very interesting in the stories. And there's this part in it where he's talking about how, like, he, you know, thinks it's interesting that, like, superheroes and comics and stories, at least on them on their own, are more alive than most people. Because the stories will proliferate longer than most people's lives will, right? Like, Superman's story will still be around when, like, we're both dead. And it was around before we were alive. So his, like interpretation is like well who is anyone to say that superman is fake like superman's story exists and everyone knows it and they know it more than other people's stories so like this is just as real as any other thing that we perceive to be real he's really strange and really really good writer and stuff but it was also like it's funny that i was also kind of reading that book at the same time i mean like that's obviously a much more like i think existential serious take on what this movie's trying to do i think this movie's trying to do that but like really really funny and they have moments of it where they talk about it seriously, but those moments are pretty brief. I and I and and I guess and the same thing like you said because it's a a lighthearted movie, but like they have these really like these really deep ideas, right? That can be so much more. Um, so, which is what I definitely appreciated. It was like it was something for everybody to to enjoy out of this. Because we have, and it's that idea of like part part of my my thinking, right? Which is what I was trying to articulate is like you know we play video games, right? And in a video game, sometimes they give you the choice to do like horrible things, right? And you're like, oh, you know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this bad thing in the video game because nothing's real there and it's just a game. But then like if there's a a backstory kind of deal to this one thing happening, and like let's say it's like a a friend you make in the video game or whatever and then all of a sudden like you're like oh yeah i like this character like i want to work with them and all of a sudden you have a mission where you have to like either betray them or like you know kill them off or whatever like and you have the, i mean you have the choice to do it or not do it like what would you do kind of deal like it's so weird how you start to give feelings i guess is what i'm trying to say so like these things that were consumed out of nothing or like or whatever you know or just that created so it's interesting I don't know if that makes sense, but um, no, it makes sense. I like it. it um, yeah. Did you think it was funny? I mean, like, did you think Ryan Reynolds' character was pretty funny, or I, I definitely, I still see and hear, like, you know, kind of like Deadpool, but in my mind, like, Deadpool yeah. is Ryan Reynolds, and Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool, so it's like, um, but I guess I don't know. Like, I just. I and again I I'm just a fan of Ryan Reynolds. I I he I I just enjoy everything he does. I do, I enjoy his comedy. I enjoy his his thing. And I think he like had a lot of liberties in this to take to like 
be do what he wants to do in this, you know, for his comedy style. So I do feel like he added like a lot of like improvisational lines and whatnot. Uh, unlike, um, you know, Green Lantern, um, which also also had Ryan <laughs> his, Reynolds. His um, best movie. His his best movie, yeah. Uh, God, I just like I, I just feel like in this head it's like never again. Like I I, it was yeah. So, um, no, I I, again, I just I enjoy what this guy does. So yeah, I like him too. I think one of my favorite parts was when you see the the Captain America shield because I didn't realize that like Disney partially owns this thing now. So once you see it, you know it's kind of like a trick. You only see it from the side, and you're like, oh, they're not going to turn it probably because they can't show it. But then he did, which was pretty funny. And then they did the the whole can thing. Right. I was <sighs> my my favorite thing though too to add to that is that Chris Evans just kind of like spits out being like, what yeah. like. Yeah, that was pretty funny like, too. Chris Evans is uh, his cameo that they pulled him in for like that you know five second cameo. I I I just love how they they I don't know how they they did it right, but they're like I, I don't know if it's like Ryan Reynolds star power where he's like, hey, we're gonna make this seem funny. You know what would also make it funny if we actually get a reaction from from this guy. Let me call him real quick. You know? How many people do you think they called? Do you think they called like Mark Ruffalo too, and then like Mark Hamill, and they're like, "Hey, you, know, you guys want to do this?" And they're like, "No, no, no." And they're like, "Okay, okay, then who's next?" Okay, Chris Evans. Maybe we can carry him as Chris Evans to do it. He's really nice. I I also loved seeing uh, Cannon Tatum in this as as one of the characters. Um, Which one was he? Really, Tatum? He was like the the good looking player who had who then like in the real life like was living with his mom and and all that. So he had that secret that secret layer or whatever that they were trying to get the um the proof. I didn't realize that. Didn't realize you didn't realize that was Tatum? No, I don't think I noticed. Bro, okay. Well, that was him. <laughs> uh, and. He has, and I love him because he's—he still has a funny bone in 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 his body. It's not even fair. Just like Ryan Reynolds, they're both good-looking guys that are like funny, and it's and it's just a dangerous mix. It's not fair. Um, now I keep thinking of other people, just like Chris Hens- Chris Hemsworth. Not fair, but no, I just again, I just love the the energy in the cast and the. Just all the cameras in the cast that they added in this kind of deal. Um, what did you think of the the Ryan Reynolds dude guy? It's kind of ridiculous. Um, he's put on, it's put on his face. It's a, a funny joke. I think um, I think it worked well enough, especially since it wasn't. I mean, like it wasn't finished, so that's kind of you know the premise of it not being finished and like Taiko Waititi's character just like pushing shit super hard, even though it's not finished. Especially if you, like, work probably in, like, computer development or something, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it sounds pretty typical. Like, people putting shit out before it's done or whatever, and, like, the beta sucks, and he's like, whatever, just do it. No, I liked it. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it's so funny because there's just, like, a lot of funny little moments. Um, it's heartfelt. I, I like, don't want to – so I'm trying to – and so, like, I, I'm not sure, like, what – Cause I want to see what else we can talk about it too, but it's like something you need to like experience, right? Like it's just yeah, kind of. I, I do like the world. I don't think. 
I don't think there's an immense amount to talk. I mean, if they had gone, I mean, like the thing that I thought was interesting, I think we've mostly talked about, was just this, you know, the notion of, of sentience and, and intelligence and freedom and will and whatever, which, you know, the movie, like I said, it talks about it, but it's brief. And it kind of just leaves it there. I don't think it, you know, I don't think it wanted to be serious on those things. It just wanted to use it as a way to tell a funny story, which it did. It was successful in that. It told a funny story. It had some interesting um you know themes around that and some interesting ways to uh, takes on it like i said it's like kind of like the opposite of the matrix but like instead of a you know, quote-unquote real person realizing that they're in sort right. of a fake world like a computer realizes it's in a fake world that it thought was real right um, and i guess that's what okay so that's that's, that's kind of what i also wanted to mention right it, it was kind of like a west world ish kind of thing too right so yeah kind of but but video game ish um yeah, and like you're being, people are kind of being fucked up to the computers, right? If the computers are like experiencing this pain and like whatever day in day out, it's like kind of fucked up for people to go in there and play the game like that, right? And do like all like like killing people and robbing banks and stuff, like you know, it changes your perception of like, oh shit, what am I doing? I thought this, I didn't know this was like a real like kind of that person who experiences this. Right, but here's the funny thing. At the end of the day, though, it's like you know that those programs aren't feeling or doing a thing, right? But now when you give it the the self-awareness and the AI thing, that's where it starts, you know, to further develop. That's where, like, you start to, to like... Uh, so I guess my, my, my challenge when thinking about this, too, is that, like, you know, if it is, like, uh, an artificial intelligence that's just thing for itself, you know... Do you, you know, like work with it? And then if it's not, like, are you more okay being, I guess, fucked up towards it, right? So it's it's a cool little weird moral question you can ask yourself um, that that makes you think if we're going to get really deep into this. Um, Man, those guys do have an awesome life, though, right? They can just live. I read a book on AI once. It was interesting. And one of the guys, or the person who wrote it, had claimed that, like, the best case scenario for AI would be like if they, because his his claim was like okay if the computers do get out and they become smarter than us he's like we're fucked realistically like we I mean like he's like the intelligence difference could be between like you know it's like the difference between us and like a cat like you're never gonna have like you know the rise of the cats and they take over the planet from the humans it's never gonna happen so one of the scenarios he proposed was that like okay maybe we could can like allow the computers to just let us live freely and they will just provide us with resources that we need and they will not bother us they'll just let us live in some kind of enclosed environment they will go live on their own and they will just give us whatever we need like pets or something and it sounds kind of scary like or it sounds kind of also ridiculous there's no way that would happen but also sounds kind of awesome because you're like, all right, these people are just going to take care of me and uh, I'm just going to live my life. And then like the computers just provide us with, with food and shelter. That's kind of, that's great. It's such a weird, yeah, it, it is. It's such a weird thing. You can like, and we can get, we could definitely get more into like that kind of um, in-depth conversation about that. Cause it's, it's interesting, right? It, it does have that little bit of a question. How far will it go? And like, the what ifs when it comes to the AIs and and all that. And like you're right, like I would definitely not want to live in a world where like we developed an art, you know, an artificial intelligence that can like 
I guess, like, end up ruling the world or something, right? Um, the thing is, is, like, you don't know what it wants. I mean, like, we can't comprehend what it wants. Like, if it really is that much smarter than us, like, we can't comprehend its motives, probably. It's the same way. Like, a dog or, like, you know, a chimpanzee, like, those animals can't really comprehend what the motives of humans are. Like, they can't comprehend our our social structures and other things like that. They just can't. Just like we probably wouldn't be able to comprehend whatever the structures of a, of a, of a like, hyper-intelligent machine that's, like, repetitively learning and, and growing, like, its own unique society. That's right. hard. Just so much more time to progress than us. I mean, at some point in time, like, the iterative learning process would, would do it. But anyway, I mean, like, I don't know if these are things that the movie's really talking about in, in, in such depth. So I don't know if I want to get too sidetracked on them, but I think <laughs> it's interesting. No, but I mean, oh, and yeah, like overall, it was just a, a really fun movie with a lot of fun concepts. And I, again, I like having Ryan Reynolds be able to like go as far as he can when it comes to like his characters. And because and he's just, again, naturally funny and entertaining. And so I will continue to like support his his movies. Um, I'm okay. still banking on a Deadpool slash Wolverine with Hugh Jackman buddy cop movie. So at this point, I think I would almost prefer though Taika Waititi just directing Deadpool three. I would agree. That could, that would definitely be more realistic than than my buddy cop. I think movie. that's a more realistic option. I don't think Hugh Jackman's yeah. going to do this again. Plus, honestly, I think you could recast Wolverine. It's not such a big deal at this point. I'm just saying, I like. I, do you follow? Do you, have you followed Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds like on their social media? Because they have like a little like cute war. Vaguely, I mean, like I know I know uh, Ryan Reynolds has like teased him about coming back and doing it again, and you know Hugh Jackman has said a couple things about it, but I don't think yeah. I've, I don't think I've read it firsthand. Yeah, no, they they if you follow them on like Instagram and stuff or Twitter, like they like like the chat talk each other because they love each other very much. Um, but they're like, you know, it's like a love-hate relationship that they do. They like to, you know, make fun of each other, like, on their own little social social media platforms. So they, they're they good friends. It's just it's just really funny and cute to see, which is kind of why it has fed more into, like, my wanting to to see them kind of pull that. But, no, if they give Taika Waititi the chance to direct Deadpool 3, I'm all on board for that. Speaking of that, do yeah, you I think... Yeah, that would be a really awesome movie. Do you think that's going to be... so? So actually, let, let's get into some random conversations before we end it. But I do want to uh, finish our uh, our review for um, Free Guy. So any final thoughts on Free Guy? Nope. I mean, like, if you like Brian Reynolds, uh, his his comedic roles, if you like video games, probably going to like this. For sure. No, it's a fun movie. Check it out. It is now on uh, Video On Demand, so you can watch it from your own home. Uh, so no, definitely go... Definitely support him if you enjoy Ryan Reynolds. Um, all right, here's a question that I wanted to ask you about the whole, and, and it ties into to Venom because we are planning on reviewing Venom for our next episode. Uh, one of the things I kind of wish Venom would have been, even from like the first one, uh, would have been getting an R-rated movie. So one of my it, one of my uh, concerns about Venom the Venom uh, made every carnage is that it's uh, now introducing a crazy MCU villain who is very brutal. 
uh, Carnage, right? And so, and we're getting a PG-13 movie out of it. So I feel like, I don't know how how I feel about that because I feel like he's a, it's a very much darker, more brutal character, you know? Um, I mean, yeah. I don't know how intense some of the Carnage comics are. I've read very few of them, and honestly, they've been pumping these things out over the last like 10 years to be actually it's been a lot of carnage miniseries and stuff and then i never read maximum carnage you know that that arc from the 90s where venom and spider-man team up to take carnage down um someone tore carnage in half and got killed him actually the century did that that was pretty funny i guess i guess I i can see where you're coming from i mean i know why they don't want to um, and I also don't think they have to. So I, I can see it both ways. I mean, I think an R-rated one could be good, but I also think they could make it really goofy and still brutal enough. Because the thing is, is like if you make a movie goofy, you can kind of make things more brutal than they appear to be just by contrasting that tone very briefly with like some like intense moments of seriousness. And I feel like that first Venom movie, you know, there were, I mean, like it was obviously like moments of really, really goofy, kind of weird stuff, right? With the way that the Venom costume would talk to him and ask him to eat people and the way he talked to it and stuff. Yeah. But it didn't lean into it. Like it didn't, it wasn't goofy from the, from the beginning. So like, I think you could still do that. Like if they just, you know, take it really seriously momentarily to highlight the, the brutality of Carnage. I'm still just really excited to see Woody Harrelson as Carnage. I think this is super funny. I can't believe Woody Harrelson took this role. It's either I, I can only imagine <laughs> it's either going to be horrible or amazing. <sighs> okay. I mean, and by the horrible, final... I also mean like really ridiculous. No, I mean, by, <laughs> so, by amazing, I mean, I mean really ridiculous. Like I'm going to be really happy with it if Woody Harrelson makes this like super ridiculous, like bloody weird version of Venom. Uh, and that is the kind, and I should, and I'm, and I'm okay with ridiculous, right? If it's, if it's self-aware and it's ridiculous, and I feel like one of the things that I really did like about the first Venom movie is that Tom Hardy, he had, you could see he had a lot of fun with it, and he just took it to the next level. Like, so I, I enjoyed the first one because of that reason. Uh, so I'm excited to check out this. So, I mean, that's the one reason why I'll be kind of semi-excited to check out this uh, next one. My other thing is, and I will tell you guys, Andrew and I have not seen uh, the, the it just came out, uh, and we haven't seen the, the, the sequel, right? But w- before we started recording, we were kind of talking, you know, saying that we were kind of at least kind of worried about spoilers, right? Um, yeah, I almost wanted I to bite the bullet. And, and just look them up, but I kind of feel like I already know what they are in theory. I'm guessing but... I know what they are, too. Yeah. So, I'll, I mean, like I, like I told you, it, it's not going to be out in Spain for another two weeks. So, um, I assume I will somehow accidentally get spoiled by just my casual use of the internet. We'll <laughs> see. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, okay, here's the number one thing that I'm calling it out. Like, they're they're going to so tie it into the MCU. Yeah, I, mean, like, I think they definitely, it's going to be, like, if Tom Holland's not directly on screen, it's going to be something that's very obvious. 
it's going to be obvious. And and now that there's this multiverse thing happening, like I have a feeling that it's going to all tie together. Um, my interesting thing is that what they're going to do with the characters, right? Because if they do introduce Tom Holland, that Peter Parker is too young, I feel like, to to be with a certain Venom. Because the whole thing about Eddie Brock and, and Peter Parker is that uh, Eddie Brock is so envious and and annoyed by Peter Parker, uh, which is why... No, but they wouldn't... I don't think they'd have that relationship. The relationship is just going to change. I mean, like, I don't even know if that, like, has to be the crux of their relationship. Even though, yeah. like, it's from the beat. I mean, like, yeah, sure, they did that in, like, I don't know, it's just, like, they did that in, like, the 80s, I guess, when that first was happened. But I think a lot more has happened since that you can, you can just do something else. I mean, I, they can I, even I take it so- from... What were you gonna? Sorry, go for it. Well, they could also take inspiration from the Ultimate Comics, you know, line of of, of comics where they, that's where they got Miles Morales, right? So you take inspiration from that, or you just you just do the best you can, right? You know, because of the contracts, uh, contractual agreements they had at the time, they could never get the characters at the right age at the right time to do that storyline, so they just have to do something else. Right. Right, right. So, and and again, the squad, and I, and I don't give it a chance. I just kind of feel like there's always been like a weird in my mind because I kind of grew up that grew up watching the animated show and everything. And even like in the um the San Raimi trilogy, there was always a a foundation set up between some kind of like hatred or vi- uh rivalry between Venom and Spider Man. So, I'm wondering if they're gonna I, have I that. No idea what movie same... you could possibly be talking about. <laughs> you're gonna get really we're gonna go okay fine that's that's fair to say um because there's only been two right there's only been two San Raimi. Only, yeah there's definitely only two just like there's only been six star wars movies oh jesus you might even want to bump that down to five wow okay <laughs> you know what i mean though um i wonder I if they're gonna keep like this i wonder if they're gonna keep the same scene um about that but but like you said they have the liberty to kind of like switch it up and do it however they want which is like i'm i'm down for like they don't need to like you said they don't need to hate each other from the start but they don't need to get along from the start either or in general right but like to where like okay we need to like work together you know because we have to kind of deal i think that's kind of cool so we'll we'll see um how 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 it goes you know yeah so yeah we'll see um, and then, and then before we know it, the Eternals will be out. Yeah, that's true. So what do we have? Because we have, what do we have? We have Venom. I want to cover Dune. And Which then, I've already seen because it came out here really early for some reason. You already saw? It? Oh, you bastard! Okay. It's good. Okay, I gotta finish. I'm like, here's the other thing. I, I I need to finish the the at least a good amount of the book before I watch the movie too. Um, so I'm on that that weird path. That's kind of why, like, when I mentioned that, like, there's just not enough to, time to do anything, because, like, I'm trying to also try to read a book, you know, work, and then try to, like, watch the things I want to watch, and there's just not enough time. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for the next, uh, for the next couple films, uh, because, yeah, we're going to end this year pretty strong. Um, I'm pretty excited. Uh, cause, yeah, 
Don't get me started. Then, we have December. I'm, I'm excited for December too. So yeah, and then we have Spider Man and Hawkeye Christmas special. Do you think it counts? Like it's 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 kind of like a like Die Hard. This is now Hawkeye is now a Christmas movie, right? Or a Christmas TV show? Just I because ex- it takes place during Christmas. The the whole trailer, like I I wasn't the biggest Hawkeye fan, but this trailer just made it to me like it's made it to be like a, such a charming show that I and like the Christmas vibes, and I was sold. I'm like, all right. This is gonna be this is gonna be fun and legit. So no, I get all those vibes from it, and I'm pretty excited to watch it. It, it will be a Christmas uh, show, so I'm I'm on board. Um, but yeah, I think that's where we'll we'll end this particular episode. Uh, we'll have Venom next time for you guys. Um, yeah, this has been I want to talk movies. I'm Andy. I'm Andrew. We'll see you guys next time.